This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mercy. Everybody, I'm Vanya. I'm the Rom. Hi, and I'm Avrin. I'm the Crime, and this is Rom Crime. Welcome to season four, everybody. We are so excited to be here with you, and thank you for all of you guys who've been waiting with bated breath yes. for season four. Thank you for doing so. We've got a lot planned this year. We do. It's it's like I'm bursting at the seams, but I'm that person who wants to show all my cards right away. Yeah, show them. I'm only gonna show you the cards for today. That's right. Higher no season. spoilers. Um, but guys, today we have, okay, so uh, if you haven't listened to us before, our concept is, so I'm Vanya, Avrin's my bestie, Yep. I am a person who like loves rom-coms, and I, I honestly, I'm very fascinated by the true crimes, but I sort of listen with like a blanket and, you know, fear. She um, hides under the covers while I tell exactly scary stories. <laughs> And Avrin is our true crime aficionado. Yes. I love the true crime, but I also enjoy rom-coms. Exactly. It's joyfulness. It's, it's yeah. escapism. And I think right now, in the we're, it's 2022 right now, you're listening to this. We need some escapism that has nothing to do with the news or yeah. the whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk some fun. Let's just, yeah, let's do straight entertainment. And we want to give a special shout out to Shan in Canada. Yes. Hi, Shan in Canada. Shanada. Shanada. Oh, my God. I'm, I guess you could go by that if you want. Shan in Canada. We have um, our recommendation. Our first episode of season four comes from a recommendation of Shan in Canada. We are doing Pretty Woman and then Avrin's going to pair it with a true crime that is inspired by the movie Pretty mm-hmm, Woman. Mm-hmm. So that's our that's our thing. I mean, you guys that's know That's what we it. do. Yeah. That's what we do here. We take a little rom-com, we take a little true crime, and we... Put them together. We schmoosh them. We schmoosh them in a, in a way that I think, you know, it it, uh, it make you feel good. That's what I, I want to do. <laughs> make me feel good. Um, okay, so I'm just gonna should I just, just start talking about Pretty Woman Girl in because no yes. one wants to hear about I had to move our recording place to another location because they're they're uh, cutting down cutting trees. down trees in my backyard where I normally I don't we don't record in the backyard but you know yeah we, our location where we record is near yeah. the backyard and it's just like <laughs> I was getting honestly I, I was getting um, flashbacks from just living in New York where there was a sledgehammer every day yeah. It doesn't matter where you live. Yep. Just, just like the hammer. sound of like concrete. Oh, it's yeah, the worst. Being no. busted open. 6 a.m., man. Um, never mind <laughs> that. Let's not worry about those troubles. Let's talk about Pretty Woman. It's yes. a rom-com. It's a 1990 American romantic comedy film. It was directed by Gary Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a screenplay by J.F. Lawton. And it stars Richard Gere who back then was like um, like America's sex symbol. I mean, he's so hot. You know, it's funny. I, back when I watched it, because I watched it in the 90, in 90 when it came out, and I feel like my mom loved this movie. I watched it anytime it was on TV. Yeah, same here. I, it was just like a comfort movie. Uh-huh. And it's funny because I, I loved it, and I think of loving it, but I just did a rewatch, as you do when you're trying to research mm-hmm. and n- take notes and stuff like that. I have so many thoughts and feelings now, Avrin. <gasps> now that you're a grown person and uh-huh. it's the year 2022. So 32 years ago. Yeah. Holy shnikey. I'm sure a lot of a movie doesn't. I didn't rewatch it, but I've obviously seen it 
a hundred times. Yeah. Um, I'm also growing up. I remember if it was on TV, we watched it. Yeah. Like I never changed the channel. I will say I, I also a lot of the it. sex stuff just went right over my head. Yeah. Like uh, I, probably a lot of the jokes or oh, like totally. the innuendo. Is that the right word? Uh-huh. Yeah. When we're because what 1990? How old were you? Um, I was like 11. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what were you even doing watching this movie? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think you know, parents. God love you. you I know just we didn't all did. think about it. You know, I don't know. It is funny. I, the other thing I well, we'll get to this, but you know, there's an aspect in the movie where Richard Gere's character Edward Lewis he plays like this guy who takes over companies he buys mm-hmm. them and then he sells them for parts yeah i didn't realize what a dick he was mm-hmm. until i rewatched it today yeah. or the last week you know i yeah. was like this guy is an asshole mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so it's also starring um julia roberts yeah gorgeous woman in the world um well i'm there's pretty people but you know what i mean she <laughs> plays vivian who is a sex worker yes. which gosh darn it let's talk about this right now let's just get they it out say of the way. hooker and mm-hmm. streetwalker and okay so the, uh, let me tell you a funny story okay. okay so I love this movie my friends love this movie and in high school we had a group of girls and there was like 16 of us okay and we called ourselves the hookers <laughs> and I remember my mom being like what and I was like mom because I knew what it meant probably we got it from yeah pretty woman yeah. but um, because it, we definitely idolized them in a weird way, the hookers or the sex workers. And but I told my mom, no, mom, it's because we're hooked together for oh. life. You know, uh, that's just I was like, we use the word hooker a lot in high school yeah. or we call somebody a hooker. Hey, hooker. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. So bizarre. But and now you just don't say that kind of thing. Mm-mm. It's offensive. Yeah, it is. And we will dive into the whole sex worker thing. But it's also like if I'm I hope you've seen this movie because there are spoilers but also you should see this movie if you haven't because even though there are problems it is a it's a good watch yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fun it. movie it's yeah. got great music great actors with great chemistry yes. great clothing oh my god yes we and great yeah you said great yeah. music because that's so fun um let's see it has uh also features Hector Elizondo who plays the um oh the hotel manager yes guy. I love him he's good in this he's like might be my favorite yeah. character in the whole thing yeah Miss Vivian. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes. And then um, Seinfeld, uh, George Costanza is in this. Yes. Jason, Jason Alexander in a supporting role of yeah. real prime a real douchiness. Schmuck. Or like a fucking criminal, actually. Yeah, like a, someone who should be in jail. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then there's Laura Sangiacomo who plays Kit. Her roommate. Her roommate and like... Mentor. And like, yeah, mentor and they're like partners, you know. Yeah. They, I think a lot of... Sex workers would go out in groups. In, right, to be safe. Yeah, to yeah. be safe. And she's the, they kind of work the same block. Like they're mm-hmm. from like Bob Hope. So it's it happens, it takes place in Hollywood. Yep. And it's in the red light district in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. they're, it's like between Bob Hope and some other famous person. Right. And like when you first see them, they're... Oh, you mean like the stars on the yes, ground. Yes, the that's stars right. on the ground. That's how, Sorry, they, yeah. that's how they're like, this is my territory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so what else? Who else? Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I'll tell you a little bit about the film. Just like a quick rundown. This one I got um, mostly from wiki wikipedia thank you so much i just gave you five dollars oh good for you um the film's story centers on down on her luck hollywood prostitute another probably mm-hmm. name we don't call sex work sex yeah worker. sex worker i believe is the only appropriate term yeah now it's all of the know. other things they i think are considered offensive so yeah you don't say prostitute or hooker or street walker if you didn't know now you know or anything worse yeah so we'll call her hollywood um so just to apologize, uh, there will be usage of the non-correct way because this right. is what they say. What in this they show. wrote, yeah. Vivian Ward and a wealthy businessman, Edward Lewis. Vivian is hired to be Edward's escort for several business and social functions, and their relationship develops over the course of her week-long stay with him. Originally intended to be a dark cautionary tale about class and prostitution in Los Angeles, the film was reconceived as a romantic comedy with a large budget. (laughs) Welcome to Hollywood. Everybody comes to Hollywood got a dream. What's your dream? When I was a little girl, I would pretend I was a princess trapped in the tower, and then this knight on a white horse would come charging up and rescue me. Could you tell me how to get to Beverly Hills? Sure. For five bucks. You can't charge me for directions. I can do anything I want to, baby. I am lost. All right, okay. You have change for 20? For 20, I'll show you a person. Wow. Impressed? You kidding me? I come here all the time. 
Well, color me happy. There's a sofa in here for two. Close your mouth, dear. What is this girl? Does she work? She's in sales. Touchstone Pictures presents the story of a date. Isn't a date, it's business. That led to a deal. I have a business proposition for you. I'm going to be in town until Sunday. I'd like you to spend the week with me. <laughs> That's becoming a dream come true. Time to shop. Get rid of your gum. All right. I don't believe you did that. You're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. So we're going to need a lot more help sucking up to us because that's what we really like. Oh. You understand that? Sir, if I may say so, you're in the right store and the right city, for that matter. They're two people who have no business being together. Everybody is trying to land him. Well, I'm not trying to land him. I'm just using him for sex. Just doing a little business. <laughs> Company I'm buying this week, I'm getting for the bargain price of about one billion. A billion dollars? Your folks must be really proud, huh? Everything was going their way. Well done! Well done! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Until... I don't want you to go. You hurt me. Yes. Don't do it again. Something unexpected happened. What the hell is wrong with you this week? You fell in love with him? Did I not teach you anything? Look, I'm not stupid, okay? I'm... I'm not in love with him. I can find you an apartment and get you a car. I want more. I want the fairy tale. I thank you. I'm a very special woman. Touchstone Pictures presents Richard Gere. So what happened after? He climbed up the tower and rescued her. Julia Roberts. She rescues him right back. Pretty woman. Maybe you guys could, like, um, get a house together. Buy some diamonds. <laughs> Let's talk some reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm curious because I never read reviews when I was a kid. Exactly. So. <laughs> I know. I, I really, I like reading reviews. Yeah. Although I don't like a negative Nancy no. for a Debbie, Debbie Downer. <laughs> I don't like a Debbie Downer. <laughs> but I do want, yeah. I, I like to you, hear. You like to hear both sides. Like exactly. people who loved it, people who hated it. And guess what? I love movies. So yeah. I like talking about them. I and, can't wait. Yeah. Well, who, um, who are you reading first? So I'm going to start with Roger Ebert because I feel like he's the right. granddaddy kind of, of gold it. standard And of this reviewers. was. I think this is the only one that is actually from 1990. The rest of them kind of sprinkled in the over the years. Okay. So he says, because Pretty Woman stars Richard Gere, Hollywood's most successful male sex symbol, and because it's about his character falling in love with a prostitute, sorry, <laughs> it is astonishing that Pretty Woman is such an innocent movie that it's the sweetest and most open-hearted love fable since The Princess Bride. What? Here is a movie that could have marched us down mean streets into the sinks of iniquity, and it glows with romance. There could indeed be, it later, he later goes on to say, there could indeed be, I suppose, an entirely different movie made from the same material, a more realistic film in which the cold economic realities of the lives of both characters would make it unlikely they could stay together. And for that matter, a final scene involving a limousine, a fire escape, and some flowers is awkward and feels tacked on. But by the end of the movie, I was happy to have it close as it does. Yeah. So he wrote a nice review. Yeah. A lot of people talk a lot of shit. So that's the first one. <laughs> um, the next review I'm going to tell to read you. Oh, my gosh. This woman is a great writer. I'm just going to say it. Uh, her, the article is was written in July 2015 by Laura Halferty. And it's entitled How a Streetwalker Became America's Sweetheart. Okay. Streetwalker. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah. I still think that's not. I mean, I don't know. That to me just feels like a weird, like a. Like sounds like a va like a vampire, like a Nightwalker. You yeah, know? <laughs> I know. You know what's in my head right now? It's been in my head for the last week. Wild women do when they don't regret it. Yes, there's so many good all uh, the songs, all songs the songs. Yeah. So let's see. It starts with "Pretty Woman" was a porn light for women long before Fifty Shades of Grey came along, and apparently, it still is. She says, why is it that the same women who love to gossip about sluts have no problem whatsoever dropping everything to watch Pretty Woman? I'm sorry. I'm just going to say to you, Laura, everyone will drop it. It doesn't matter if you are yeah. into calling people sluts, but sure. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> Seriously, guys, you could plunk a real prostitute down on your living room rug and snort coke off her ass. But if pretty woman were on TV, all you'd hear out of your girlfriend or wife would be, could you move out of the way? I can't see the movie. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. And she says, I know Julia Roberts is America's sweet sweetheart, but why can't we just let this, this insipid flick sink into 90s? obscurity 
What is it about this movie that has captured the imagination of an entire generation of women? And why are they passing this madness along to the next generation? <laughs> why, in fact, has it become the third most profitable romantic comedy in the film history? Which I want to say, even with its like, this is me, Vanya, talking, uh -huh. not Laura, who I'm reading her article. But like, I want to say... It is still pretty damn dark. It's sure it's a romantic comedy, but I would put it in the you know how I love subgenres. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put it in the dark black romantic comedy. Yeah, I mean like a lot of yucky, ugly. I mean, we open the scene with Skinny Marie, one of her yeah. their fellow sex workers, in a dumpster dead, and they basically pass it off. Oh, it's fine. She was a crackhead anyway. Right, and you're like, oh. It's that that's crazy to me. I yeah. feel like one thing about this movie that made me a little bit uncomfortable is like there's levels of sex workerness where you're allowed to like Julia Roberts or sorry, Vivian's character uh -huh. gets to have her right. dream, her fantasy, her happy tale. ending. Yeah. But Kit, but Skinny Marie Kit, doesn't. Kit kind of does. Cause right. in the end she, you know, gets a little money to, she's trying to get out of the school business. or whatever. Yeah. But then Skinny Marie, because she's a crackhead. Well, she ended sorry. up in a dumpster. Yeah. It was just, I feel like with its lightheartedness, feels a little certain things felt callous to me yeah you're like wow you're just it. gonna gloss over that yeah, yeah. and like mm -hmm. it's funny interesting yeah. but gary marshall i guess you have a way with doing that okay she says it's all about fantasies i'm back to the article okay first there's the cinderella fantasy a down on her luck girl is plucked up by a handsome prance and introduced to introduce it to the good life he eventually falls for her and despite some misunderstandings they end up having they end up living happily ever after. And just in case you missed the oh-so-subtle references to Cinderella littered throughout the film, director Gary Marshall specifically highlights a few lines to let you know. Vivian roommate... Oh, I love this one, though. <laughs> Vivian's roommate, Kit, calls Vivian Cinder, Cinder fucking Rella. Yes, she does. And Vivian tells Edwards that she wants the fairy tale. Mm -hmm. She wants the whole shebang. This is after he offers her... Like, right, a condo A or condo yeah. and a car... She's like, no, I want it all. Yeah, I want, I want the fairy tale, and that's why she's the, the better, sex worker mm -hmm. out of the one that gets out. I don't know. Okay, she says, if you don't believe that Cinder, the Cinderella story resonates with women, consider this: more than five hundred versions of Cinderella story exist, spanning the entire globe. Wow, I know it's crazy. That's a lot. I feel like our generation. Well, I mean, like I know you're a little bit younger, but I don't know. I always was like kind of like fuck a fairy tale yeah like i don't want that fairy tale like i want sure there's certain things i wanted but me or maybe i'm just a different but i'm like no one's gonna take care of me i'm a charge my own goddamn happiness. i always like like i feel like as a kid i would watch um little mermaid and be like the best songs are ursula's songs see yeah because yeah. <laughs> i think it was like our it was julia roberts generation you know what she's like probably 20 years older than us or maybe yeah that. yeah it was that generation, and apparently this the film, the um, script was written in the 80s, so it has a lot of 80s sort of yeah. vibing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so, okay. Yeah, it was probably, if it was released in 1990, that means it was filmed probably. Uh -huh. in, in 89, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay, so she says, then there's the makeover fantasy, which I just want to say. I love a makeover. I love it too, so I'm not sure what she's going to say here, but I'm just right away, I'm going to say, I love a makeover, I love a montage, and that's partly why I love rom-coms. You yeah, know that. Yeah, that's right. And that's why music. this movie is good. I agree. It's the um, montages. It's fantasy. It's, it is yeah. fantasy. So she says, okay, I doubt there's a single woman in the US and elsewhere who is completely immune to the power of a makeover scene. Screw you. You're right. <laughs> Including me, a college lit geek with the movie... Oh, when the movie opened in theaters, it, it's hard to resist the appeal of the idea that simply changing your appearance for the heteronormative better, of course, could change your life. What woman hasn't bought into this fantasy? The entire, the entire fashion, hair care, cosmetics, dieting, and plastic surgery industries are all built upon that pretty lie. Yep, 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 yep. Agreed. I mean... Accurate. Accurate. Ask any woman what she remembers about watching Pretty Woman. And if she remembers nothing else, not likely since every woman in America seems to know the script better than the amendments to the Constitution, <laughs> she'll predictably mention items from Vivian's wardrobe, which... This is funny, guys. Later on, instead of taking you through the whole movie, I was just going to take you through her different outfits. Like your so, favorite outfits. So I am guilty. Uh, guilty, So Laura. this was written about, yeah, about women like us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that that's essentially what I took from her. And I, I liked... I liked her um, biting wit and mm -hmm. her different take on it. Excuse me. I just got really excited. <laughs> Push my mic. <laughs> All right. So the next one I have is from Peter Travers from Rolling, St Rolling Stone. <laughs> and he says, this one came out because they did a 20-year anniversary oh, okay. of Pretty Woman. 
He says years from now, Hollywood historians may try to pinpoint the precise moment when Julia Roberts became a star. Forget her sexy entrance in Mystic Pizza or her Oscar-nominated martyr act in Steel Magnolias. It's here, about 15 minutes into this silly, shallow comedy when she's soaking in a tub in a posh hotel, radio earphones on, harmonizing off-key with Prince and oblivious of how she looks to Richard Gere, who's watching her and losing his heart like the rest of us. Mm. The Roberts smile, full-lipped, a mile wide and gleaming. It's the closest the movies have yet to come to capturing sunshine. Such, daz- such dazzle should be not taken lightly. Wow. I know. He's, I think he has a little well, crushy poo. A little poo. crush on the Julia Roberts. Um, yes. That's, that is a great scene, though. We all know what I know. scene that is. I just want your extra time and your... I know I we you know I'm an 11 year old rocking around the house yeah singing the song pretending I'm her in a bathtub Mm -hmm. that's right god dang Um, Uh, yeah the closest that film has ever come to capturing sunshine is wow that's high praise I know nice I will say that I I definitely was more enamored with Julia Roberts in this yeah than any other thing that I had seen I had seen I I'd never seen uh Mystic Pizza until later in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Just missed that I one. I think it was a smaller movie. Yeah. yeah. And then I, but I did, of course, see Still Magnolias. Yep. Yep. Big um, one. Seen it many times. Lover. I'm going to end with one that's not super positive about it, but I kind of thought it was funny. So I just wanted to read it. <laughs> Henry Sheehan, Hollywood reporter, says the movie displays an almost pre- preternatural disregard for women's feelings. Call it Pygmalion, because I think it's more of a Pygmalion story than even a Cinderella story, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, guys, Pygmalion is the My Fair Lady, right? Right, yeah. Like a rich dude takes a, a poor, uh-huh. unclassy lady and classes her up and falls in love with her in right. the process. Yeah, it's a very Pygmalion That's story. That's what Hector does. What's, I can't remember his name. In the, oh, Bernard. Bernard, oh. the um, hotel manager. You remember he teaches her what yeah, the etiquette. are. Yeah, Because she's about to go on the um, dinner date with... Uh, but Edward would be the Henry Iggins, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Henry Iggins. He's Henry Iggins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, personally. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, I think you're right. More Pygmalion. It's both. It's both. Yeah. It's like the fantasy of like being... I mean, this is where my my problem is with it, though. Mm-hmm. It's like changing your looks. Right. Won't fix your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Call it But Pygmalion. maybe changing your voice if you're like, Henry Higgins yeah. <laughs> could actually help improve Oh your my life. gosh, it makes me want to watch that movie. <laughs> we should. Audrey Hepburn, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, good stuff. Okay, with um, let's see. But the comedy is so slickly delivered that audiences may be content with chuckling over its polished surface charms. Edward's, and later on he goes to say, Edward soon learns to care and Vivian reforms, teaching her tart pals by example. The moral seems to be that shacking up is stupid, Hold out for a ring in a community property. Marshall, the director, has fashioned a venal fairy tale for the Trump era. You're likely to have a fun night at the movies with Pretty Woman, but you'll hate yourself in the morning. Oh. I was like, what? This guy's intense, Hollywood reporter. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so those are the reviews. I thought it would be really fun to um, walk through them. And I think what I'm going to do now is, because you've all seen it, there's a couple points that I that I sort of want to talk out, yeah, right? Yeah, let's do it. So we did a little bit with the sex workers, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I would like to talk out a little bit of her backstory that that bothered me a little. That, okay, you know, like she's they, she talks about this is how it was like the genre, not the genre, the tone was really like light. Her talking about her how her mom like locked her in an attic. Right. And she was oh, I forgot whenever about she got that. bad, whenever she was bad. That. Yeah. And she was bad all the time apparently. Mm-hmm. And that's where she would look out the window and wait and she would fantasize about someone coming to save her. Right. Yeah. So, so she was an abused child. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we've we've lightened it up because that's where she gets her love of fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Yikes. The other thing that makes me just like sad and I really don't want to I really honestly don't want this to come off as judgmental towards sex workers, but like I don't know. She talks about, you know, she's just a robot. You know, I think you kind of have to be when you're working that way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure there are a certain amount of people who enjoy their work. As yeah, that, yeah. But but it just it. But there's also equally probably just as many people who do that work because they have no other option. Yeah. You know, she tells Edward that she'll, she does everything, anything you want, everything yeah. except for kissing on the mouth because that's personal. And all I can think of is my poor butthole. <laughs> don't touch my butthole. 
I'd be like, I... Not uh, everything. Not, I would be like, I will... Uh, here's my list. Yeah. Let me get a menu out. <laughs> Hold on. I've created this menu for you. It's organic. Um, okay. So, and then what else bothered you can, me? You can pull it up on your phone if you just scan the Q code. Uh-huh. Oh, I... Okay. <laughs> I was thinking... So, he... he in the beginning of the movie, he's at a party in L.A. Edward, he's from New York. He's mm-hmm. in L.A. at this party. And he um, breaks up with his girlfriend. And she's right. like, I talk to your secretary more than I talk to you. Yeah. And he quickly meets somebody he used to date who just got married. And they have like this like flirty kind of awkward scene together, to be honest with you. And he asks her, he's like, did you talk to your secretary? Did you talk to my secretary more than you talked to me while we were dating? And he goes, she says, she was one of my bridesmaids. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so yes. Yeah. I just thought that was cute. But anyways, he leaves the party kind of kerfuffled. He's like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. He and takes uh, Stucky's car. It's a Lotus. And it's a stick shift and he can't drive it. Which is funny. Mm-hmm. And do you want to know something that's interesting? Porsche, I want to say, and Ferrari refused to give them the car because they didn't want to be associated with... Um, oh. Sex workers, exactly. Interesting, but but Lotus, the Lotus, there's their uh, sales up like four hundred percent that year. Oh, something wow. crazy. Yeah, just a fun little fact. Um, him grinding on the gears, Avrin. Mm-hmm. I c- listen. I like cars. You and I both kind of like cars. Like yeah. I love. I was just like, oh god. So when he finally lets her drive, she's giving him directions. She picks right. him up. I'm like, thank the baby Jesus. I can't hear <laughs> yeah. that like grinding anymore. And just yeah. And she's a real gearhead, by the way. She mm-hmm. like likes. She knows everything like about the car, so she's now every man's fantasy. Exactly. She's a gorgeous woman who knows everything about cars. Totally, yeah. that's like such a rom com yeah. like thing. tropey thing. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with it. It made it made me probably want to be like bitch and cool mm-hmm. and make people think I'm awesome. Um, let's see what else. We talked about how uh, he's actually really an asshole, and he makes it really clear. Maybe this this isn't really necessarily an asshole part, but he makes it really clear that this is a you are my employee, right? You know, this is a business transaction. Yeah, because he offers to give her three thousand dollars through negotiation, um, mm-hmm. and I think they they like that he likes that she's like not just bending over like every other right because he's like a he's a hot pick in society that's right all the ladies are throwing themselves mm-hmm. he doesn't have to pay and she's like three thousand yeah, yeah more <laughs> so they they do that which is you know great i think it's interesting at one point he says you know we're both we're both the same we both screw people for money oof which is rude rude and accurate <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, what else? Let's see. Um, the outfits are adorbs. Yeah. And they're inspired to me. And I guess I'm, I am one of the women who watched this going, yes, yeah. I love it. I love a, I love a before and after. I mean, mm-hmm. personally, it, her first, her first Her outfit, first of it is great. It's like, you know, I couldn't pull it off right now, but right. it definitely is iconic. And then as she gets, you know. Um, the, her new clothes and of course the famous scene mm-hmm. where she goes into in Rodeo Drive yes, and she's and like how to much her. is this yeah. and they're like uh, what did she say it's not for sale and she's like I didn't ask if it, or whatever you know? right, I asked or I don't think it would fit you or something yeah. like that we don't have any in your size and then the whole come up you know moment where she comes back and you she's work like work on commission right Big mistake. Uh, yeah. Yes. Huge. So good. It is. See, and that's the thing. I love it too. But a lot of the research I, I've done and like listened to different things, people are like, that's just so dumb. Those girls probably didn't even know who she was. And I'm like, no, that is a comeuppance we all want. We all want to be like, um, like someone didn't see me as a human being. And then I get to go back and be like, I'm a rich human being. Yeah. Screw you. And look, I'm, I'm gorgeous and my brand new awesome outfit i know that you wish you could cute. buy shop lady that outfit she wears it's so she only good. wears it for that brief moment I'm one hot second oh. she's like walking with all the bags yeah, the sleeves on that is yeah so cute i love it i actually love all of the clothes in this movie me too she's got let's see let's 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 name break them. it she's down got her first dress that she gets um that's the black dress that bernard helps her get and right. she gets the you know he calls some favor in from a department store it's pretty it's like um what is it? Is it kind of lace? Yeah, it's lacy. Is that when she throws the snail? Yeah. 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 That's so cute. They're like, it happens all the time. <laughs> no big deal. Um, she also 
wore some adorable robes. Like I, it made me, I think this was a movie where I was like, I have to have like a chunky bathrobe. I want a big plush bathrobe and I want to eat pancakes with my hands. And I want to have my hair curly and red. I know. <laughs> Just I always ass. wanted to have big curly red hair. That was such a wonderful, fun reveal too. Yeah. She's got her blonde little wig that, mm-hmm. she, I can't remember who she says. She, she's like, do I look like, not Carol Channing, but it was something like right. that. And, and Kit's like, no, you look gorgeous. Very classy. I think it was Carol Brady. I don't know. Or something like yeah. that. Like, what like, are the Brady bunch? No. <laughs> um, but yes, she the, that reveal is fun, and I think you. Th- it's the craziest thing is like the f- the sexual freedom there, which is kind of fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the day after, and they've already well, he she blows them first, mm-hmm. and then they have sex, mm-hmm. and it's just okay. Sorry, just I digress. <laughs> um, okay, we already talked about her first outfit that she the blue and white one. Mm-hmm. With the red jacket. Yep. And then I like that they eventually like zhuzh it up with one of his work shirts. Yeah. I was like, this is cute. I would wear that. I would totally wear like that. Like a white button up over yeah. skinny. Mm-hmm. Over like it. a skin tight little dress. Yep. And then I, I don't know if you ever had these in the 90s, but those those pantsuits. But they're like the shorts pantsuits. Oh, My mom got me a couple of them. I don't think I ever did, but yeah. I know what you're talking about. I was about. cool. I was cool. I We we would go to church and, you know, you have to dress up at yeah. church for the church I went to. And I was like, I don't want to wear a dress. And my mom got me these like That's short so pantsuits. They were really cute. Amazing. I wish I could find, if I can find a picture, I'll share it. Um, and then the opera scene. Okay. That's yeah. what I want to talk about. Let's talk about the opera scene. So the very famous scene, the very and this is where they're starting to get closer. Right. Mm -hmm. And he wants to take her and do something different. This is after they've had that horrible. Okay, they he the business meeting they went on Mm -hmm. didn't go well. The one with the um, snail, the escargot did not go well because the guy was like, I'm not selling my company to you. You're a piece of shit. And then they're like, oh, I'm so mad. And later on that night, I'm backtracking here. He goes downstairs because he doesn't want to be in the room. And she's like, where the hell is he? And she goes, and he tells her not to leave, but she leave, left anyways. And yeah. she's wearing the robe. And she goes downstairs. She finds him playing the piano. And, and they do it on the piano. And they do it. He gives her head. Oh. And oh, her, that's little, right. her, her little toes are twinkling on the piano. <laughs> and I'm like, good for. I remember watching this as a kid, not knowing what yeah. the hell was going Just on. Just knowing that sexy things were happening. Yep, exactly. Yeah, just being like, they're doing it. <laughs> anyway, so the next day, that next evening, uh, after his hard work day, he's like, let's go. And he takes, he, she has this beautiful red dress. She gives him a, ne- or he gives her that necklace that's borrowed from a jewelry mm-hmm. store. I mean, like, wouldn't that he be He shuts fun? the box in her hand and she has that laugh moment. Yeah, with her big old mouth, yeah, you know, yeah. that people love. Uh, that brings sunshine to the world, apparently. <laughs> um, and then they take a private jet to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that. Uh-huh. And they watch La Traviata. Okay. Is that how you say it? Sure, it's, yeah. it's an opera. Yeah. And she men I'd like to mention she only went through the 11th grade, but she was smart, but she didn't finish high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like crying and having an emotional reaction. And he's like watching her. And I, I mean, that right there, the fantasy is someone just like loving watching you experience something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling that she would love the opera from from then on. Um, so but in the end, what happens is this. Hold on. In the end, she, he wants her to spend another night with him. For free. For free. She had, she had whispered, I love you at night the mm-hmm. night before. And they kiss it on the mouth. And they kiss it Guys. That's a big moment. Yeah. Because we know from the beginning that you don't do that because that means that there are feelings involved. Right. Because what, what does she say with her friend Kit? We say, we say who. We say how, how, much, how much. We say when. When. Where. where how like, much. Because so they, yeah. they never, that's the other side story is like they don't go with pimps. They, they're they mm-hmm. their own bosses. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurial spirit. Yep. Um, although Kit is like, I don't know. Carlos is really great. He'll help us. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but later, and that and Vivian's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> later on after, you know, Kit, uh, Vivian is moving out. Kit's got her new roommate and it's another sex worker. And... She's like, do you have much stuff? And he's like, well, no, Carlos burned all my clothes. So yeah, so Carlos know. wasn't nice. Yeah, so not nice. <laughs> um, but so, yes. So they have this moment where, and then this is the moment where they both want to be together. They've, mm-hmm. it's only been like five or six days, but they, are they fell feeling in love. Each other. Yeah. She's honest and says it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I will house you in a condo and right. you could be my side piece. And yeah. she's like, I'm not having that. And then she, he asks her to spend one more day with him because, yeah, or because she wants to, not because she has to. And she's like, no, because you won't, you won't 
offer me what I want, which mm-hmm. is you. The fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I want all of it. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene we see is her in a cute black blazer with a white shirt underneath mm-hmm. and some adorable little pants, you know, jeans. But she's she's packing up at, at right. Kits and she's... She's moving to San Francisco, which I assume to go see more opera. Yeah. But she's going to finish her. She's going to get her GED. Yeah. And she's going to get a job. And it's great, right? We're mm-hmm. happy. And then the end, he d- he comes on his... No, he doesn't come. He arrives in his limousine with his head out the top, a white limousine, mm-hmm. and his umbrella, because it's raining in LA that day, as a like a sword. So he's like a knight on his Yeah, on a white steed. horse. Yep. Coming together and, and that lay a whisper yes. song is playing because you think like he's just going to drive away because isn't he supposedly going to the airport in the yeah. limo and then he finds out that the limo driver also dropped Miss Vivian yes. back at home because um, Bernhard, Bernard. Barney or Bernard yeah, he, um, told told him yeah. that. So he was like, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And then they live happy, um, happily and ever And she after. rescues him right back, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. They rescue each other, which... I'm sure it's fine. I mean, like, let's just believe it's fine. Um, but talking about music, Wild Women Do, the one I... Mm-hmm. That was performed by Nat- Natalie Cole. Did you know that? I did not know yeah. that. Um, king of Wishful Thinking. Remember that mm-hmm. one? Be the king of wishful And then, of course, It Must Have Been Love, mm-hmm. which is the last song. And of the name of the show yes pretty woman it's called oh pretty woman actually oh pretty woman uh-huh written and performed by roy orbison mercer i love roy orbison and that's what i got he has such an epic voice oh my god and towards the end of his life he was wearing some crazy wigs yeah and i mean but just like what a voice i know he could go up to the rafters oh my gosh oh so yeah i'm sorry I, that was a little all over the place but i feel like no, I liked oh, that conversation. One more thing we didn't talk about is Stucky, which is his lawyer. He tries to rape. That's the other thing. I'm yeah. like, this is not a comedy. He's like, there's an actual assault. Yeah. And he not movie. only attempts to sexually assault her, but he punches her in the face. Yeah. What a dick. Yeah. And then she, her reaction is like, there's always going to be some guy who thinks he can do that to me. Yeah. And that's partly why she was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I'm not into this. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to be your side piece. Yeah. If this is the world that we're going to be exactly. living in. Um, good stuff. I mean, not good stuff, but like, I'm glad we got that point because yeah. I was like, wait, this is awful. Yeah. Ew. There's, I mean, Costanza. I just remember it being like so upsetting, especially when you're yeah. young. Like you just, it's unexpected to see a, in a rom-com yeah. a man punch a woman in the face oh hard and like knock her to the ground. It's awful. And then continue to try to attack her until... You know, Edward comes in and, and punches him her. in the face. Yeah. Oh, dude, I would have. He would have been. I would have been calling the cops. Oh yeah. Seriously. Absolutely. It's like it's a really horrible scene. It um, is. It's horrific. Sorry to end on that note. Yeah. Um. But then they rescue each other. Lay a whisper yeah. on my pillow. Please Leave don't hit window. me. Oh gosh, yes. Please don't. On the ground. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. I liked that conversation though because I feel like that's one of those movies that. Let's be real. Most people have seen. Yeah. So they didn't need a plot breakdown, but just a thought breakdown. Ooh, you know, yeah. I just came up with that like in the that. moment. So speaking of trying to break stuff down, as you know, my job is then to try to find a true crime story that I feel like I can tie into this. And for unfortunately, this was very easy. And there were too many. Oh, There's yeah. too many instances of of violence against sex workers yeah. um, for it to have been difficult for me to find a story to share. So I wanted to kind of like see if I could add some layers to it. So I'm going to tell you um, a pretty wild story. Another thing that I thought about was because I, I first heard this story on a like a documentary show on like ID Discovery, uh-huh, but it was it. Um, a four parter. <laughs> it wasn't the one on Netflix, but it's called like Horrors in the Sea Horrors. Sorry, not horrors. Horrors <laughs> in the Cecil Hotel. And I also figured because so much of Pretty Woman takes place in a hotel. Yeah. That I would like tie in a little hotel action here. So I'm going to tell you a story that doesn't necessarily take place at the Cecil Hotel, but has ties to the Cecil Hotel because right. um, lots of bad things do. So this will be the story of Jack Unterweger, who was an Austrian journalist and kind of like minor celebrity who in June of 1991 was sent to Los Angeles on assignment to cover crime in L.A. and then also kind of explore the differences in attitudes between where he's from and the U.S. in their like attitudes towards sex work, because oh, it's legal in Austria, mm, mm-hmm. illegal here, and whether or not the illegality of it makes it like why there's more, more crime dangerous. and more dangerous. Yeah. So he's sent here to L.A. 
from Austria to write this article. And he checks into the Cecil Hotel in June of 1991. He books room uh, 1402. And he just wants to be like in the thick of it. So that's downtown LA. That's where even today, like all of the sad crime stuff is happening, mm. right? Cecil Hotel is like right there by Skid Row. It was a very popular spot for sex work, drugs, um, just bad stuff was happening all around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's uh, a true crime journalist and he's very into kind of like immersing himself in it so much oh. so that he actually has booked um, ride-alongs with the LAPD. So he's like going on ride-alongs with cops. They're taking him to all of these, you know, like high crime areas where there's lots of um, sex work, drugs, pimps, violence, homelessness, and all of this stuff. And on one of, I think it's his second ride-along, they actually get called to the scene of a homicide. And it is a, a young girl who was a sex worker who was uh, murdered. She was strangled with her own bra. Aww. And there was a very unique knot like that created this ligature. Um, and that will be important later. So then, as time goes by and he's doing the research, there's a second murder. And same exact ma- like modus operandi strangled with her own bra with a very specific knot. Weird. So now LAPD is starting to fear that they have a serial killer on their hands. And then the third body shows up with the exact same ligature mark. And so, excuse me. Um, So then Jack is like, oh my God, I've stumbled on to like the craziest, like I'm doing this police ride-alongs. And there's a new serial killer. And this is like early 90s. So the the terror of the Night Stalker, um, Richard oh, yeah. Ramirez, had only like been lifted from L.A. for a, a couple of years. You know, I think it was like 80, 85 maybe when they finally caught him. Um, but he, you know, was very much like on the minds of people when you think of serial killers in Los Angeles at this time. And um, Jack... Unterweger, the reporter, was really, really fascinated by Richard Ramirez and and by just like the idea of a serial killer. And so he's like, I've got my story. And he's so excited. Um, in fact, you guys, uh, the reason he stayed at the CISO Hotel and the reason that he stayed in room 1402 was because that was the place that Richard Ramirez lived while he was uh, committing his crimes. Um so he wanted to immerse himself and like be like in, feel I mean, that's scary feel Eek. yeah feel like uh like the energy of Richard Ramirez. Yuck. So he writes his story and he uh, flies back to Vienna, and then it's too late because he's left. But LAPD quickly realizes that the journalist who was going on ride-alongs um, was actually the dude that had murdered (gasps) the three women. So the journalist was writing the story of his own killing spree. Are you serious? I am serious. And now I'm going to tell you a little bit about how all of this went down, like how this ever came to be. So Jack Unterweger was an Austrian man who committed a murder in several countries, Austria, West Germany, Czechoslovakia, and the U.S., um, in 1974, when he was 18, he was convicted of a single homicide. Um, he basically, sorry, let me find the details of it. And my mouth is at a gate. I know. It's, I'm it's like, pretty wild. So, um, sorry, you guys. I didn't have my notes in order. Okay, so in 1974, he murdered an 18-year-old West German national named Margaret, Margaret Schaefer by strangling her with her own bra. So at 18. And in 1976, he was convicted and sentenced to life in prison. But while he was in prison, he started writing short stories, poems, plays, and he wrote an autobiography called um, Purgatory or the Trip to Prison, Report of a Guilty Man that later served as the basis for a documentary. Um, And in 1985, so he was sentenced in 76, in 1985, a campaign to pardon and release Jack Unterweger from prison begins um, because there's all these like writers and artists and journalists and like the elite, you know, like the upper elite echelon, like um, including a Nobel Prize winner, um, Elf- Elfried 
Jelanic, Jelanic, I'm so sorry, I'm butchering those It's okay, names. I'm not up on my Pulitzer um, Prize winners. Well, yes. But anyway, <laughs> so they're all like petitioning that he is reformed. Like there's no way he could write these beautiful stories and his book, his autobiography was basically like saying, I'm reformed, you okay. know? Um, and so there's this huge campaign. Um, the president of Austria refuses it when presented it to him, like citing that the court mandated minimum of 15 years in prison. So, like, you can't let him out now, guys. It's only been, like, nine years. Uh Um, But in 1990, after he hits that 15-year requirement, he is released. Upon his release, his autobiography is taught in Austrian schools. And his stories for children that he wrote while in prison were performed on the Austrian radio. He himself ended up hosting a television program which discussed criminal rehabilitation. And he also worked as a reporter. Um where he reported on stories concerning murders we would later find out he himself had committed, much like writing the article about the L.A. murders that he had I mean, I guess that's one way to go about it. Right. But it's crazy. So after he gets out, he becomes a fixture, like I said, um, on TV talk shows. He's a model of prison rehabilitation. He's invited to all these, like, fancy-schmancy cocktail parties. He's basically a celebrity. Then he goes to L.A., Basically, after he's safely back in Austria and by the time that Interpol officials recognize the way like that the murders have the same signature ligature and not as him from when he was initially um, convicted, the Austrian SWAT team basically hears from the U.S. about the murders and they're like, we got we got to get him. So they go to his place, but he's not there. Oh, my God. He has fled. Um. He had left with his teenage girlfriend uh, on a jaunt that was going to take them through uh, Switzerland and France and Canada. And then um, he was planning on coming back to the U.S. So along the way, so now there's like a man, like an international manhunt for Jack Unterweger. Um, he would stop and call the Austria, like the Austrian media and alternately like he would taunt police. He would proclaim his innocence. Um, but a trail of credit card receipts led um, Interpol to Miami, Florida, where they eventually caught him and arrested him. Um, and his girlfriend told the police that they picked Miami as their refuge because that she liked Don Johnson from Miami Vice. And so Whoa. that's where she wanted to go. <laughs> okay. So in custody now, Unterweger is accused of killing 11 sex workers since his release from prison. Six in Austria, three in Los Angeles, and two in Czechoslovakia. Um, but the... Czechoslovakians are like, we don't want this guy. Um, and both Austria and the U.S. are kind of like fighting over who's going to get to take him to trial. Mm. And um, what is it? Uh, Austria won out because officials agreed to try Unterweger for not just the murders that took place in Austria, but they would try him for the murders of the women in L.A. as well. Um, and so they sent all the evidence over back to Austria and put him on trial. And... Um, it lasted two months. The trial lasted for two months, um, including testimony from the FBI. Uh, Unterweger throughout the whole trial seemed very confident that he was going to get off. You know, this is the guy that managed mm. to convince the president and all of the upper, you know, elite smart people that he was reformed and a worthy, you know, house cocktail party guest. Um, but he is, in fact, convicted um, on nine counts of murder. And is sentenced to life in prison. But because he's a jackass and a coward and just a terrible human being, on June 29th at 3.40 a.m., guards found him hanging in his cell um, from a curtain rod. He had used the drawstring on his sweatpants and like laces from his shoes and he had used and tied the same knot that he had used on his victim. So he committed suicide in prison. Um... And so he never really got punished. Yeah. He never really got punished. Um, but it was just one of the the wildest stories to to watch as this documentary was unfolding because they did it in kind of a fun way of like you didn't realize either that he was being introduced yeah. to the areas where he could find his type of victims, which was which were sex workers. He was raised by a sex worker. Oh, really? So um he clearly had some like issues. I think he hated his mom. Okay. Because she worked. Um, it said that when he grew up, he was like 
basically always around um, sex workers and and pimps and stuff yeah. like that. And that he became. He saw Basically, violence towards like, women yeah, a lot. Yeah, he saw violence against women, probably felt a lot of hatred towards his his own mom for like, I don't know, being, putting them in that situation. Although, you know, yeah, that's actually what he said when he was arrested for that first murder is that I envisioned my mother in front of me when I killed her. Oof. So, yeah. That um, is crazy. That's a, th- I decided to tie that one in because I was like, there's a an LA connection. There is, yeah. There's a hotel connection. And then there is just the fact that far too often violence against sex workers. I was just gonna say that is is it's constantly happening. And it's like almost it it almost seems like they don't feel like they can call the police or have right. protection because right. they're doing I guess something illegal. But but that I feel like we got to change the laws. Where yeah, it's like you have to. I don't know if legalizing it would fix the problem, but I mean, it certainly couldn't hurt. Well, you know, know I think it does it, because then you can put sanctions on things or like, you know, have like they have to be tested and yeah, um, can make it safer for everybody. Safer for involved. everybody. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's our takeaway then mm-hmm. is that it's probably time to legalize sex work. Yeah, absolutely. And try to destigmatize it. Yeah. And, you know, it's definitely I think it's a, a hard thing to approach to go to because it's such a personal part of your body or, you know, it's, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but it would be hard for me to do. I'd have to be really, really, I'd have to be like trying having to save my kids or something. You know what I mean? Like it would, I'm like, what would it take? That's what I always ask myself. You know, it's that actor question that we always ask. What would it take? What would it take for me to do this thing? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I guess I would have to be saving my kid's life. Like they're like, you will have to, but the truth is, again, I don't want to be judgmental towards other people because they're coming to it. It's all all reasons. Like yeah. um, Kit in in um, Pretty Woman is was known as like a strawberry. Apparently, have you heard of this? No. Um, I listened to another uh, article and they were talking about how strawberries in the sex working trade and maybe it was just in the nineties. I'm not sure. Are uh, sex workers who they don't get paid in money; they get paid in drugs. Oh. So if you're a strawberry, that's what you know. Oh, poor Kit. I know. But I think she's getting clean. Yeah. Although I do think it's funny. Um, you know, they're like, there's like she she's doing hardcore drugs, and maybe she was, but I think she was just doing cocaine, which is hardcore and don't do that. Right. Right. But it's not. I'm thinking like crack. Or heroin. That that seems hardcore. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, we did it. We did it. This is crazy. Episode one of season four is officially complete we would like to thank a few people our our pals at connected podcast who is who is the network we work with they're awesome um i would like to thank my husband for um watching pretty woman with me three times in a row amazing thank you Uh that's such a good husband yeah he is very sweet and i'm like i need to put the um what do you call it the uh subtitles on because i didn't quite catch that (laughs) Um, I'd like to thank uh, Julia Roberts for putting a pillow underneath her knees before giving a blowjob and mm-hmm. showing a good example of yeah. uh, how to make one more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, Evan. <laughs> thank you, Vanya. Yeah. I love you. And, and you guys, Rom Criminals. Rom Criminals, we love you so thank you for listening. much. We're so stoked for the season. We've That's got right. some really fun stuff in the pipeline. So get excited. Mm-hmm. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.